Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Lasting City podcast. I'm Scott Corian, and I am the host of this podcast, and I'm very excited today because joining me uh, for our, our episode is one of my friends uh, that I've met recently out in Arizona and fellow church planter, Pastor J.C. Basinger. Say hello, J.C. Hey, everyone. Pleasure to be on, Scott. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, looking forward to talking with you today, brother. And uh, why don't you, uh, could you real quick tell us about uh, where you're planting, JC, and and how people uh, might be able to connect with you or find out more about your church? Absolutely. So we are both in the, the Phoenix Valley. I am in the southeast part of Phoenix. So we are kind of the the last suburb of the Phoenix Valley before you, you get into a different county. So we've been out here for two years, about half of that during the COVID-19. We are meeting on Sunday afternoons for worship. And if you are ever in the Southeast Valley of Phoenix, we'd love for you to stop by and worship with us. What's your, does your church have a website, JC? Oh, good point. Yeah. Uh, Our our church is Hope Community Church and our website is hopecc.church. Hopecc.church. Yeah, great. Great. Well, I'm I'm excited to uh, talk about uh, our uh, topic for today. JC and I, over the next couple of episodes, this will be at least a, a, a multi-episode uh, topic, uh, are going to talk about deconversion and uh, the the deconversion narrative uh, the, the the that we're seeing uh, all around us uh, in in the culture today. Um, uh, you've probably heard stories of your uh, you know, big faith leaders that have left the faith very openly and publicly. Um, I can think of one last year that I ended up reading a lot on uh, Joshua Harris, and and of course there's uh, many other examples. But but really, it's not just the 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 large celebrity uh, stories that we're concerned about. It's it's the everyday stories, the stuff that doesn't get the press uh, that is that is happening a lot right now. Uh, people growing up in the church who are deconverting or um, and, and walking away from the faith. And so we, we want to kick this around. Now, now, I'll just introduce you know why talk about this for an episode. And I, I first started thinking of doing a topic uh, on this about a month ago when I had a couple people ask me about Abraham Piper and whether or not I had seen what was what he had been saying online. Uh, and if you don't know, Abraham Piper is the son of a very prominent uh, pastor, evangelical pastor, John Piper, uh, someone who I, uh, many years ago, used to listen to a lot of. So I had a big influence on me with his preaching and writing ministry. And uh, his son has very recently uh, posted on TikTok a series of videos uh, highly critical of, of Christianity and Uh, got enough press that even the New York Times published an article on it. I think last month, uh, a pastor's son becomes a critic of religion on TikTok. And and so I started thinking about this then and and just uh, uh, addressing this in a podcast format. Um, JC, have you uh, had people ask you about that at all or or, uh, uh, anything like that? I haven't had anyone ask me specifically about Abraham Piper, but I think as a pastor and also just as a parent, one of the the nagging questions that that parents have and um, grandparents is how to keep our children 
from deconverting, how to how to keep them, um, how to pass on the faith to them, and to have them vibrant believers in Christ and not tempted uh, to deconvert. So I, I know recently a book that was released by uh, one of my pro- seminary professors, Mike Kruger, wrote I think Surviving uh, 101 or something like that. And it's a apologetic for some of the common questions that that Christians are going to face that go off to a secular university. Yeah, it's you know, I just heard about that. It's definitely on the forefront of people's minds of, of how do we, as our culture shifts more and more into secularism, how do we um, protect our covenant children and covenant people in our church from from deconverting? Yeah, absolutely. I know. Because Lindsay, my, my wife Lindsay and I, we were watching some of these TikTok videos together, and one one of her reactions to watching several of his short videos was was exactly what you just said, which is, "Wow, is there anything we can do? What can we do to keep this from from happening? You know, yeah. to us and and to the children that we care about in, in our churches." And I think that's a very understandable response. And and we're going to do one episode specifically on that question at the end of this series. Uh, so for everyone listening, we will get there. We won't get there today, but um, yeah. See I how I teed that up for you? I just teed that thank, up for thank you. For you thank you. You know, <laughs> and actually what you said too, I, I think another reason why this is important for Christians to think about, at least look at, uh, uh, hear some of these deconversion stories is, is what you just said, JC, which is there's a lot of, evidence that we're going to see more of these in the years to come. Uh, not only is this happening increasingly, uh, but based on all of the, the data, and, and uh, I, it, it, I just did an episode on you know, the latest Gallup poll, which you're probably familiar with, JC, on the, the, the uh, decreasing number of, of churched people in America and how quickly that's that's changing. Right. Um, yep. And so there's all the evidence of increasing secularization in America. And as that continues, I mean, unless something changes, we're, we're going to hear uh, more and more of these stories. And I, I think as Christians and, and certainly as, as pastors, it's important to, to listen to them, understand them, pay attention uh, to the reasons people are giving for why they are deconverting, why they're leaving Christian churches, uh, partly so that we can just listen and have compassion on those who have doubts, uh, but also because I think it 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 really uh, shows. I mean, that the reasons people give as they leave the church show where a lot of the pressure points are on Christian faith and doctrine today in our increasingly secular society. So, if we want to pay attention to um, precisely what you said, how to best uh, equip ourselves, our youth. Uh, we need to pay attention to what people are saying about why it is they lost faith, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and you just reminded me of, of a verse I, I read recently, uh, Jude one twenty two. have mercy on those who doubt. So as we talk through these things and really what are the questions that are being asked by these that are deconverting and how can we maybe be in a better place to answer some of those questions and not dismiss them? to be people that are merciful towards those who doubt and not dismiss them. Um, I think we'll be in a better place to, to be the church. I think the church has a much better story than, than these uh, deconversion stories. So 
I want to equip our people and ourselves to be in a position to to give that story. Right. And it it starts with listening and and understanding the narratives that we're hearing, the stories that we're hearing. I think also a a third reason for me why I'm personally interested in this and think it's worth talking about is that, and it's something you, you mentioned, Michael Kruger, he, he wrote a little blog for the Gospel Coalition and, and where he makes the case, and I, I think there's something to say here, that the deconversion stories, uh, as they become more public, and partly that's fueled by the technology that allows people to put their stories out there more easily, but he actually says what we're seeing them uh, become is, is really a reverse form of evangelism, whereas you know, people of faith try to share their stories of conversion to bring people without faith in. And he says, we're seeing the opposite dynamic at work now, where people who have lost faith uh, are using their personal testimonies as a way to evangelize the church, to get them to leave the church, though. And so there's actually a power to these stories that we need to to recognize. And it's interesting, in the, in the New York Times article on Piper, Piper's son, uh, which we'll talk more about in our next episode. They actually, the, the editors, the, the, the writers, whoever wrote this uh, article for the Times actually recognizes this. And here's a quote from the New York Times saying that uh, Piper is tapping into the growing uh, uh, online desire for accounts of rejecting one's evangelical upbringing. If the new atheist movement of the early 2000s devoted itself to intellectual combat with the claims of Christianity, the more recent ex-evangelical movement elevates personal stories of people who have walked away, end quote. And I think that uh, this uh, the Piper is case in point here. That he's got a huge following on TikTok that has exploded uh, as a result of, of some of these videos critiquing his evangelical upbringing. And I, I took some time to read through the comment section of the, which I, I find to be fascinating to read through comments uh, uh, of some news articles. But the comments section on the New York Times article on Piper's deconversion were just filled with people sharing their own stories of deconversion. You know, I, I, I resonate with what he's saying. I used to be a church. Now I'm done. And so it's just, it, it seems like it's becoming almost like a, a, a way of evangelizing the church. Uh, what do you think about that, JC? Uh, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, think of how many followers uh, Abraham Piper has. It's over, well, last I checked, it was 900,000. I'm sure it's over that by now. And um, yeah, and he's just going after it. And anyone that will listen, they, you have the, the Gen Ma- hat maker who was on Peter Ence's podcast three years ago and sharing um, her story of how she came to, to embrace um, a non-traditional view of um, a biblical view of human sexuality. And seems like when people have this deconversion, they need to shout it from the rooftops, you know, uh, of, how, and the narrative is, is pretty um, standard, right? And that Michael Kruger article kind of walks through some of those those key points. But one of them is that um, they like to share it with a lot of people. So yeah, it's definitely um, something that 
you know, they may be better evangelists than evangelicals are, to be honest. Huh. Well, that's a, that's a good point. Really, really convicting. Hey, um, just for the record, how many followers on TikTok do you have, JC? Well, um, I'm old school. I don't have TikTok, but I do have <laughs> um, 41 subscribers on our YouTube channel. So there hey, you go. Hey, we're, you're, we're, we're, we're almost there, man. Man, can you imagine having 900,000 people viral listening, listening to a, you know, a Christian sermon? It's uh, anyway. Well, so th so that's the why. That's the why it's important to. We're going to take some time over the next few episodes to discuss. Uh, uh, deconversion in general, but in, uh, specifically through the lens of Abraham Piper's recent, uh, or at least not, maybe not recent, but at least more public deconversion. And so uh, for the rest of this episode, I just wanted to maybe, JC, you and I could just talk for a little bit about kind of big picture thoughts about how, how we listen and try to understand deconversion stories in general uh, as we prepare to, to engage them. Um, and we've already touched on some of it. I, I think one of the ones I, something that I was thinking about was as we listen to them, whoever it is, we, we do need to listen as Christians with some humility, uh, because deconversion hardly ever comes out of nowhere. In fact, it probably never comes out of nowhere. Often there are underlying issues, um, concerns, maybe even real hurts and wounds that are very, very real. Uh, that are that are fueling some of these things, um, and of course, from our perspective, these would not be reasons to reject Christianity. We think Christianity has good answers, um, but I mean, I, I certainly can understand why seeing. I mean, a, a lot of things that are sometimes referenced in in um, deconversion stories is the hypocrisy that was seen in church, or even the abuse that was suffered. And I can understand why that would cause some to seriously question their faith and, and potentially potentially leave. And so I, I say, I want to listen with humility and, and try to hear fair critiques uh, of Christians in church culture that, that um, we can learn from as Christians as, as we hear. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one of the uh, key phrases that has stuck with me, did you ever go to the M&A church planters training when you, after assessment? No, no, we didn't. So we had a, a guy come from Evangelize Today. His name is Al Dayhoff. And one of the things he said that stuck with me is not to not listen to respond, but listen to hear. And so often, I think, at least for me, when I hear somebody who is a professing Christian that starts asking those questions that seem like, okay, they're starting to the question, the veracity of the Bible, or they're starting to, to question uh, Jesus Christ and his bodily resurrection. My fear kicks in and I want to respond to that right away with the apologetics <laughs> I've been taught. And part of, I think just being a good listener, uh, being, loving your neighbor and for us pastoring well is to maybe listen to the question behind the question. Kind of what you're right. getting at is maybe they've had a, a, a bad church experience or maybe they've um, haven't had the freedom to, to kick the tires and, and ask the, the questions that have been plaguing them and not to, as they're asking questions, not rush to, to give the pat answers, but give them space to, 
to ask those questions and and to listen, not to respond right away, but listen to to hear really who they are and maybe the why behind the questions. Yeah, well, well said, JC. I, I am familiar, do know actually Al personally, and uh, have benefited from his material on listening to hear, and and I totally agree. And I, I think there is a level of fear for any of us, and our, our temptation is, is when we hear someone questioning the truth of our faith is to try to defend immediately and, and, and raise the defenses uh, in ways that um, just may not be helpful in, in, in actually hearing the other person which may actually in turn fuel their 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 perception that the the church you know doesn't take questions seriously and 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 create this cycle. So uh, the reality is, yeah, listen with humility and try to listen to hear, I think, as we engage anybody's stories. Um, the other the other thing I, that I was thinking about, JC, we we talked a little bit uh, about already is just uh, also as we listen to these deconversion stories, to, to listen for patterns. Because as many other uh, uh, writers, I, I think Kruger points this out in his article on deconversion, and I know Tim Keller has a, a chapter on deconversion in his one of his more recent books, Making Sense of God, and and uh, they point out that all of these stories, of course, are personal and have unique elements to them, but but generally speaking, there are common patterns that follow a, a that a deconversion story follows. Um, one thing I, that Keller says in uh, in that book I referenced was um, deconversions are often depicted as the result of a quest for truth and the courage to face life as it is. And uh, so, so religion is is uh, depicted as just blind faith, while the deconversion process is kind of morally courageous, having the courage to follow the evidence wherever it leads. Um, and so a lot of these conversions, uh, deconversion stories rather start with people saying, well, I believed in God, but then I, I just realized that there's no evidence for it and, and evil exists. And that doesn't seem to square with what the Bible teaches about a good God. And so I just finally followed my reason and my sense and my, uh, with the evidence to, to the logical conclusions. Um, right. And what the- are some other patterns that, you, that you've noticed, JC? Well, one of the the patterns, and this is more from um, Kruger's article, is that the points are the the offended party or somebody who is beginning to question uh, is mistreated, um, that they that they are silenced, and it's this almost uh, coming of age where they they bravely fought the the dogmatic opponents and um, and kind of come out on the other end with this new understanding that this is mainly from, from those who maybe wouldn't say they've left the faith, but their, their um, understanding of the Bible has, has progressed. And oddly enough, it, it matches the cultural's understanding of, of ethics. Um, so instead of the Bible shaping our understanding of ethics, we take our cultural understanding and shape our understanding of the Bible. Um, yeah, no, but yeah, that's very interesting. And I think something we'll have to maybe talk more about in our next episode. Um, yeah. Another pattern I think that, that people have pointed out is usually there's some, uh, uh, at least some discussion of the negatives uh, of the community of the, of the 
typically, you know, the word is fundamentalist religious past. And as they've you know, left that, they've found non-Christians to be far more Christian, if I can use that word, than the Christians they grew up with. And so there's right. usually a part of that, you know, the, uh, now that I've left my religious community, I realize that, you know, they, uh, that the, the non-religious people are far more patient, loving, kind, committed to freedom and mercy than Christians ever would. And, and the conclusion, even if it's not directly stated, but I think this, this is a big narrative in our culture right now is that it is being religious, at least fundamentalist religious, um, and we'll have to talk about what that means maybe in our next episode. But it, it's that that drives intolerance, hate, divisiveness, and it's the abandonment of any kind of authoritative religion that leads to greater tolerance, respect, love for other, justice, uh, these things. I mean, I think this is a huge underlying part of almost all of these these narratives. Yeah, I think that's the case. And what's interesting is what Keller points out is that as you know you definitely could be a nicer person and be an atheist because christianity is not about um moralism it's about the goodness and the grace of jesus christ that we aren't good enough in and of ourselves to to be right with with god that we need christ and his life death resurrection ascension so that we can be declared righteous and that we can be in union with him. It's not because we're great people and we do moralistic things. It's because we're sinners in the sight of God and we need Christ's work on our behalf. Right. I mean, that, that goes all the way back. I think C.S. Lewis wrote, wrote a chapter in uh, his famous book, Mere Christianity, uh, entitled Nice People or New Men, and, and kind of getting at the same point. Uh, Let's that, be honest. If we're talking about Tim Keller, we're ultimately talking about C.S. Lewis. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, so those are some of the patterns I, I think we, we want to listen for because that will help us to engage the stories that we hear, um, hopefully be, be better equipped to engage them and uh, know where, where to, how we might be able to respond uh, to get to, to what's really going on. Uh, well, thanks for listening. I, I think this is uh, this is a good start, JC, to our discussion. And uh, maybe in our next episode, the plan will be to pick up and we'll look a little more specifically at the New York Times article that just ran on Abraham Piper and, and uh, talk a, a little bit about what he has uh, uh, stated about what has led to his deconversion. And we can interact with uh, with 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 that a little bit. Uh, so thanks, uh, thanks for joining me, and thanks everyone for listening to another episode of the No Lasting City podcast. I will talk to you again in the next episode. Goodbye.